And I don't know, I, we could call this um, teaching our kids to ask questions or education by questions. Let me read a couple of scriptures. And these are out of Exodus, but we could find examples littered all through the Old Testament and, and New Testament. Uh, this is Exodus twelve twenty six. And when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, for he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians but spared our houses. And then the next chapter in thirteen fourteen, it says, And when in time to come your sons ask you, what does this mean? You shall say to them, by a strong hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. And then in Deuteronomy 6.20, it says, When your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? Um, There's many examples of this. Remember when they go into the land, they're just supposed to set up pillars. And it says specifically, and when your children ask, right, this is what you're supposed to say. Um, I think the Bible is showing us that we should, um, that children should ask questions. And that we should encourage it. Um, maybe I could say that I think it's teaching us something about pedagogy, something about teaching, um, that questions are an, a key part of it. Kids should ask questions. It's a parent's duty to encourage questions. Um, and children who don't know how to ask questions should be taught to ask questions. How many people have done a um, Passover Seder? Um, So a Passover Seder, it's a modern version of the ancient celebration of the remembrance of Egypt. And in most traditional Passover Seders, four kids get to ask questions. And the questions are kind of scripted. But what I'm trying to point out is that the Bible encourages and, in fact, I think teaches us to encourage kids to ask questions. Um, And... You know, I mean, I teach in high school and middle school, and I would say the art of asking a good question, that's one of the regular homework assignments I give is we're reading this together, bring a discussion question, all right? And this can come up in home group, right? If you ask a question, you, you quickly learn the kind of questions that foster conversation or that just sort of shut conversation down with the right answer, right? A good question... It, it stops you and makes you think and makes you, uh, makes you interact. So I want to suggest that the Bible in general encourages us um, that it's our duty to encourage the asking of questions because it's how kids grow. It's how they learn. The question they're asking is often far better motivation for learning than a lot of other things. And I'm not saying we don't give them structure, but I think we can apply this in all kinds of ways. So I think it's our duty to um, encourage questions. And I think that what I'm suggesting that is that this is antithetical to the whole sort of just be quiet and do what you're told mentality. Now, there's a place for first-time obedience, and I think that's important, especially in young children. But the older kids get, and even with young kids in a larger context of formative instruction, um, we don't want the just be quiet and do what you're told mentality. We want them to ask questions that probe, um, that probe the Bible and probe what we're doing. And I think sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes as parents we can be afraid of questions. Um, and I would suggest that they are perfect opportunities for teaching Scripture, for teaching the Christian worldview. 
uh, for wrestling with your kids. And one of the most important things you can say to a lot of questions is, I don't know. Okay, it's, I think it's important as a parent to say, well, I don't know, but we should think about that. Let's, let's look and see if we can't find something in Scripture. And let, let's talk about that. Let's keep that question going for a while. Um, I think questions uh, are very key. Um, and especially, I don't know, I think it's always true, but especially in our day it's true with a lot of the things that are going on in culture for us to encourage all kinds of questions along these lines. So had a teenager ask my wife this week, why is homosexuality wrong? And I think it's important, what I'm getting at here is that we don't need to just be able to say, well, look at this passage in Leviticus and look at this passage in Romans, but we need to be able to discuss and explain the Bible's larger logic behind these questions. Does that make sense? It's not just that the Bible says it's wrong. Why? What is the warp and woof of the Scripture and the ideas in Scripture, and how does that inform these questions? Does that make sense? Um, And I think that, you know, if you're all... So how would you answer that question? Not just that it's wrong, but why is it wrong? Think about how you might answer that question. That's what we should be doing in Scripture, right? Looking at these larger questions, not just what are the rules, but what is God's heart behind the rules? Uh, What is the logic of the law? Often the loving logic of the law. So I think sometimes we fear those questions. I think we should embrace those questions. And if you don't know, embrace the, the not knowing but keep with your kids in discussing and in pursuing what's in the scripture revolving around it. Does that make sense? And again, I, I am telling you that questions around identity and sexuality are going to be so big. We need our kids deeply grounded in the why, not just the that. All right? Because if they're not equipped for that, they can't stand up against love is love. Right? They can't stand up against some very, they can't stand up against Taylor Swift's, uh, what's it called? You need to calm down. Have you all seen that video? I seriously encourage you to watch the video. Um, Because the basic logic of the video is sort of an emotional, why are you so judgy? You just need to calm down about homosexuality and all these issues. That's not an argument. That's an emotional appeal. And we need to, I mean, I'm telling you, your kids will not be able to withstand Taylor Swift if all you give them is the that's and not the wise. And by the way, the deep beauty of the wise, right? I mean, Christianity, the Bible, gives us a deep, beautiful picture of life. Uh, And if we don't have a sense of that from Scripture, I think we have problems. Um, So don't freak out at questions. Kids learn through questions, and you learn through questions. And it drives you to Scripture, and it drives you to God. Uh, the saints, if you look, all the, the, all the greats in the Bible are full of questions. Moses says, why have you bought, brought trouble on this people? Have you ever prayed that way? You know, God sends Moses, it goes badly. Moses says, God, why have you brought trouble on this people? That's a pretty spicy question. Um, shall, shall the judge of the earth not do justice? Abraham, right? When he's talking with God about Sodom, hey, God, are you just going to wipe out this city, if there's all these righteous people there? Why does the wicked person prosper? Jeremiah. God, there's a lot of wicked people prospering. I don't get it. Why? God, how long? David. 
Right? The scriptures, the, the people of God in scripture are constantly asking questions. Um, Isidore Rabi was a guy who, uh, he was, he, I think he got the Nobel Prize for pioneering work on magnetic resonance imaging, right? He pioneered the stuff that led to MRI, that led to microwaves and all kinds of other things. And he said when he was little, when he got home from school, his mother didn't ask him, what did you learn today? His mother asked him, did you ask a good question today? Um, and he said that's how he became a scientist because his mother encouraged him to ask good questions. And this is where I would remind you of what I've said in various contexts over the last year or so, that the word, well, number one, there's no word straight up for just flat obey in the Old Testament. There's no Hebrew word for it. When Israel, the modern state, revived Hebrew, they had to borrow an Arabic word for just shut up and do what I said. All right, because the Hebrew word that we often translate obey means, it can mean a host of things, listen, and we all know how important listening is, right? Like how many people, listening is listening to hear what somebody says, not listening to reply, right? Let me just take that into your marriage or whatever, right? Listening, hearing, understanding, internalizing, and responding. So it, it covers a host of meanings, none of which is, I mean, the last one, respond, is closest to obey, do what I say. So it's our duty as believers to seek to understand the will of God. Yes, we have to obey God. Yes, we have to trust God. But he wants us to understand his word. He wants us to understand his will. And at the Exodus, okay, the most important turning point of the people of God in the Old Testament he teaches them to encourage their children to ask questions as a key way they are shaped and formed, right? Um, Jonathan, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs said this, those who are confident in their faith need not fear questions. Those who are confident in their faith uh, don't need to fear questions. Now, that's not to say I should add this, I said this a minute ago, not every question has an answer we can immediately understand, right? Um, some questions uh, take age, that kids have to get older, take experience, take training, right? And some questions we never solve, right? I want to read one of my favorite quotes from, anybody here ever read a book, the book Jaber Crow? The main character of this book is in seminary and he decides, you know what, seminary is not for him, he's not called to seminary. He goes to his professor with all these questions. You know, why, do the, why do good people suffer? He has all these questions. And, and he says, the professor says, you've been given questions to which you cannot be given answers. You will have to live them out, perhaps a little at a time. And how long is that going to take? I don't know, as long as you live, perhaps. That could be a long time. I will tell you a further mystery, the professor said. It may take longer. Okay, so it's not that... that we get answers to all our questions. Sometimes the questions we ask become irrelevant, right? On further experience of God or further experience of life. But the main point I'm trying to make is that we should encourage our kids to ask questions. And I would say it is, that's a major part of education and that is a major part of how they get prepared for life. And seeing how you face questions that you don't have the answer to also is very instructive for them.